This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Always. Welcome to the Nerdverse Nerds. Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you Star Wars nerds out there. I'm Joanna Mod Parlor Krupnik. And I'm Brian Make Bantha Babies Plofsky. And now that you know credits can buy muscle if you know where to look, we could not be happier that you rode your very, 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 very slow Bantha with a friend to be here today. Today in the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian, we'll be cooling ourselves off from the acid saliva of the Sarlacc Pit and discussing Chapter 4 of the Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. But first, as we start every episode, this is your spoiler alert alert. I repeat, this is your spoiler alert alert. We will be spoiling everything about this episode and other episodes of Boba Fett. Maybe we'll get into some Mandalorian stuff. Maybe we'll get into other corners of the Star Wars galaxy. But this is your spoiler alert alert. Yes. Um, Before we head into Tatooine... I just wanted to give you some nerd news, Brian. I don't know if you've seen the new sneak peek of the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon Prime that's coming uh, in September. Did you see it yet? It's a very, very small sneak peek. Yes, I did. I did watch it. I did watch it. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. I'm so excited. Sure. Um, I think what I know so far, I was thinking I would like reread the books because I'm just, I want to take every bit of you know, gather every morsel that they give us. But from what I understand, this is going to take place in. Well, you want to earn, you want to earn your, you want to earn your, your, your uh, passport. Yeah. uh, My eyes, my eyes of Sauron's. Yeah. We're definitely going to try to get us some more of those. Yeah. Or we will decide. Yeah. Um, So I think this is going to take place in Tolkien's second age, which is like this period um, of Middle Earth history set like thousands of years before, in case in case anybody here doesn't know, before um, Lord of the Rings takes place and The Hobbit and stuff. It's like when Sauron first rose to power and made the 20 rings. So I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. I don't recognize any of the names, but um, I know it's like New Line and Warner Brothers and Tolkien's estate and it's going to be on Prime. We're definitely going to cover it. Oh, yeah. Whether or not, you know, we are, go- uh, whether or not our passports are are blooming with, you know, knowledge about this. I mean, we've read the books, but I'm really excited. So can't wait. Go check out the sneak peek, you guys, if you haven't seen it. It looks like it's going to be it's yeah. beautiful. And I think you missed the most important part. It's called the Rings of Power. Oh, right. <laughs> the Rings of Power. Okay, Joanna, we're now heading into the Star Wars sector of the Nerdverse. I'm going to need to see your passport. All right, my passport. Here you go, sir. All right, this is your Star Wars passport. Uh, it seems that you have uh, you have five lightsaber stamps, uh, and I uh, would you like to see mm-hmm. mine. Yes, please. Show me yours. Okay. What do you got? 
Here, here's my lightsaber uh, passport. I have a Star Wars passport. I've got eight stamps in there, eight stamps. And for those of you who don't know, uh, these are essentially, you know, how we feel we know this sector of the universe, how many times we've visited, how well we um, understand it. Um, Star Wars is fascinating because for those of you who haven't been with us very long, Joanna basically like crammed a lifetime of information into like 18 months. Um, and I've, you know, just been with it as a, as a youngster. Um, but Joanna, I have a question for you before we start. Yeah. Would you have, would you have watched Boba Fett or even understood what was happening in Boba Fett before like your binge? Yes, but I would have, I, I mean, I would have just been so bored. Sure. I definitely think I would understand what's going on, but I, I mean, I can't even envision a world where you haven't at least seen the original trilogy. So, you know, the Tuscan Raiders Mm -hmm. visually, at least, and you probably know of Boba Fett. I can't imagine a world where like, you've never, you've just been put on earth and you've never seen a Star Wars movie, but I would be very bored if I didn't have uh, some stuff to look at. Or, or like, you know, to find, to search for meaning in this stuff. Sure, sure. Cool. You've just crammed all of that. You are just like a Star Wars intellectual now. I, I would love to think that's true, but I know it's not. It's still, it's still like, I can't have, I don't have the recall that you do. Some I do, but not of the, not of the movies. My recall in the movies is not as good. Okay, fair, fair. Um, okay, so we're on episode or chapter four of Boba Fett. The Gathering Storm. What did you think? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, I've been giving this show a long leash. <laughs> and I'm not... I'm a little like, okay. I, I mean, um, my first time through this episode, I think I liked it more than any of the other episodes. So I want to, like, make my score lower for all past episodes. But... I also then rewatched it and I don't know. It's something about what I have some feelings. I have mixed feelings about this episode. Um, okay. And I, and I, and especially given that we don't, we don't have much left. So that's what I'll say for now. What about you? I actually feel very similarly to you. I, this is my favorite of the episodes. Oh, so really? Far. Um, I wish I'd given the other episodes a lower score so that I could score this one at like a seven when we go, when we, when we, we decide to do it a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like to me, the other ones are five or sixes now that I see what a seven is actually like. Exactly. I was going to say, can they all be fives? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did enjoy this episode and, and I, and I, I, I think that what, one of my issues with this show is that there's so much happening in each episode that that isn't connected to one another. So, like, you have these, like, and almost felt like different vignettes of him in his past. Like, you have him rescuing Fennec in this one and then, like, getting, trying to go back to the Sarlacc and then infiltrating, Boba, um, infiltra- infiltrating, that's a word, um, infiltrating <laughs> Jabba's palace. And then you have all the, like, you know, the, the mafia stuff. There's just like a lot of different tone shifts in a lot of these episodes and all of these episodes that makes it feel very disjointed as a whole, even though I'm enjoying each one of the vignettes on its own, like the trying to get the ship when we'll talk about that out of Jabba's palace versus like 
them, uh, you know, him going to like the super cool techno uh, workshop and getting her all, you know, uh, Emerald Cityed, you know, souped, souped up. up. Um, yeah. You know, clip, 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 trim, 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 and a couple of ladinas. Um, uh, yeah. And he literally was like, well, that's a horse of a different color. Yeah, also like, well, you know what? Let's start at the beginning. So at the top of the episode, he's leaving the Tuscan Raider camp in the flashbacks uh, to, you know, spy on Jabba's palace because what we find out later is he wants his ship back. Um, he's pretty ticked off because he wants to use his ship to basically get revenge um, and be able to do whatever he wants uh, on Tatooine and elsewhere. Um, he then sees glowing things uh, as he's eating his dinner and having a very animal planet, safari planet moment with his Bantha. Um, uh, really enjoying the, um, the, uh, the like, his love of animals throughout this. That's a weird subplot that I didn't anticipate in a yeah. Robert Fettuccini. Uh, yeah, except for not the not not the tongue, not the bantha tongue like that. That's <laughs> so weird. That was so gross. Yes. But yeah, I like that it was, you know, it wagged its tail and protect the banthas, but like, oh god, that tongue was just horrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad they made like physical animatronics or whatever, but oh my god, it was so gross. Also, did you notice how weird it was when the bantha was like chewing? I loved it. Yeah, it was so weird. It was so weird. Um, the tongue, though, was so weird. So he goes to investigate, and he finds Fennec Shand uh, on the ground. Again, as a reminder, um, in Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian, the episode entitled Gunslinger, uh, she is double-crossed and uh, left for dead out in the... Uh, out in the sand, and then the Mandalorian goes back to the spaceport uh, where the Amy Sedaris character has been taken hostage, and he distracts the guy uh, with, like, um, bright lights and, and flares or whatever it is, which is what Boba Fett sees. I went back and watched it. I'm a little skeptical that it went that high in the air, but that's fine. Um, I, I went back and watched it, too. Oh, you did? Yeah, of course. So then he takes her to the mod parlor uh, where she gets done up by a, you know, I really like that it felt like a techno uh, tattoo parlor. That was weird and cool. Um, Techno fet. They also fixed her very quickly. Very quickly. But also, I, what, these are the same people, presumably, like the mod squad leader, the same. T- these are the same types of people. Why doesn't Fennec? Fennec should have like more connection to to this. She should have more association to this whole like group of people or this culture or this way of life because this is exactly how she was revived. They they treat Fennec and the Mod Squad Power Ranger group like told like Fennec's like I don't know much about you. You know, the I comment last episode, it just seemed like shouldn't they have words and 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 shared experiences or a common bond or something? Yeah, I don't know about that because it's only been like a couple of weeks since it happened to her in some ways. Um, one. And then two, she's also very like close to the vest type of person, doesn't want to um doesn't like share a lot. So that doesn't bother me as much. Um uh, you know, that Matrix Fast and Furious uh, techno life. Okay. Well, it was very cute to see, like, Boba waiting in, like, 
yeah. the dads in the waiting room, like when Bubba was just, like sitting on a chair, like watching her get like done. It was very much like just sitting in the waiting room, <laughs> just dad waiting. I think you mean Robert Fettuccini. The thing is, I can't call him Robert Fettuccini anymore, Brian, because that makes him seem like a lovable Ratatouille guy. And he needs to sound tougher because I have news for you. He is a softy. And if I call him some sweet softy name, it's making him even worse. Sure, sure. So Fennec wakes up in the sand with him. They're eating, they're chatting, they're drinking, you know, melons. And he basically reveals himself to be Boba Fett, Robert Fettuccini. And she, she, you can see her face, like she's surprised. Boba Fett's dead. They kind of explain it. So she basically tell he explains his sand people situation. She tells him that like no way the riders killed the sand people. Like they don't have the capability. And he kind of dismisses the question there. Thank he dismisses you. the question there. Um, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Um, any thoughts about that specific scene? Yeah. When she said that, I was like, thank you. Like, yeah, you're right. And I thought that he'd say, Ooh, I never, I never gave that much thought. You're right. Who do you think it is? The Pikes? So either he already has this thought or he is like an idiot. But I was sort of wanting a little bit more discussion about that. I sort of expected him to say, I, I have been brought into this tribe, to this culture of the Tuscan Raiders, and I'm trying to make this planet better for them. But he doesn't mention that really being an element of why he wants to be in a seat of power. So I don't know. I thought that was actually a little disjointed and strange. Sure. I think it makes especially I think in the later conversation that they have, I liked the later conversation better where it explains why he wants to be like a crime lord. Me too. Um, but before we get to that, they take a Bantha, very slow Bantha together to Jabba's palace. She agrees to help him basically to pay her debt to him for saving her life. I don't know what they talked about on that Bantha for the time. Um, I hope they maybe talked about his younger twin sister that she once tried to capture um, in a Bad Batch episode. Yeah, uh, that, that would be good. Yeah. Um, I don't remember in the yeah. Bad Batch episode if she knew exactly who the girl was. Um, I guess not a lot of people did, Omega. I mean, I'm guessing she got some sort of dossier on her at least. Yeah. but I'm guessing know, that she has, you know. Maybe not that detailed of why she was an important person. Um, not sure. No, that's fair. Fennec Shand sends her little super cool drone into Jabba's palace and it's, you know, going around checking everything out. Well, that's ha- that was super cool. While that's happening, that's when they had the conversation about how she he wants to start his own house um, and basically become the mafia, the Don. Yeah. Um, in there. Um, this scene for me. Well, before we get to me, Joanna, what did you think of that scene? I love that scene. Um, oh, well, are you talking about the scene around the campfire? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I loved that scene. I love when he said, "I'm tired of working for idiots." who are going to get me killed yeah. because that's a thought that I've often, I've often had around in my brain during, you know, when we learn, we, we get to meet these bounty hunters over, you know, this entire, the entire star Wars saga. You often wonder like, what do they think of this? Like, of mm-hmm. course they want their money and they might get annoyed with the job, but like, do they realize how little their lives matter to the people that um, pay them? Do they, ever judge the jobs 
And this was like really cool to hear him say something like that. Um, yeah, totally. And I, I found that interesting. And I found it interesting too when he said I was ready to be to leave hunting. I was ready to be done with that because that sort of makes me feel a little better about how sort of soft he's getting in his older age because mm-hmm. he's sort of over it. But at the same time, like, wow, you'd think after you get out of the Sarlacc, like, you've got a new lease on life almost. But, you sure. know, maybe the time with the Tuscans, like, changed. I don't know. So I liked that scene a lot. And uh, the the little surveillance droid was very cool. There's a lot of cool tech in general. Fennec has so much cool tech. Let's spend some more time with Fennec. Yeah, I want to spend more time with Fennec. Fennec is super, super cool. And like when they break in and all the things that she does in this episode is very cool. She's super badass. Um, This scene around the campfire was awesome, including the Bantha tongue saying goodbye to the Bantha. But one of my biggest complaints about this show was I don't really have any understanding of why he wants to be a crime lord. And I'm not saying this was the best answer, but at least it addressed that. He used the word tribe a lot and family, Um, you know, and and I, I appreciate that because him talking about tribe and family also relates back to the end of this episode, which we'll talk about momentarily. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I like her line. We don't get to decide when we're finished, too. Um, I appreciated that scene a lot. Yeah. I also really enjoyed um, the... Uh, I connected with Boba Fett uh, because I understand what it's like. You know, I waited tables for a long time, and I just couldn't do it anymore, so I got, like, a desk job. Um, I feel like that's what this is. He was, you know, a bounty hunter on the go. His knees hurt a little bit. His back hurts. He just wants to hang out in the palace and just, like, tell other people what to do while showing his face around here and there. I understand Boba Fett's plight, um, the plight of Robert Fettigini. I get it. Um, so I just want to say that I connected with him in that scene. I think you mean the plate of Robert Fettigini. The plate. Um, <laughs> I had an issue... My main my main issue with that scene with going to get the ship, it was very cool. And I had in my notes, if it didn't happen this episode, are we going to see how he gets his ship back? Because we've seen the ship in, in flashbacks with, with him as a kid yeah. when Django's in it. So I knew we were going to get to the ship. But I love when he's like, when Fennec's like, we'll just time out their patrol and we'll go in quiet. And then it's like the narrator on like Arrested Development. They did not go in quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was so, he was so loud, and he was in the kitchen. Like, dude, you need to be better at your job. Yeah. Oh man, that was really, that was, that's so true. I mean, I kind of, I kind of have a new favorite droid. That rat catcher. I think he's he's subtitled as LEP droid. Have yeah. we seen those before? Yeah, very we have. cute droids. We have seen them in Clone Wars. Uh, I think so. It was very, very cute. And then an interesting thing. Um, I guess there. I heard some rumors that they were going to erase the um, at least his, his, his calling his ship Slave One um, from canon in terms of just like using the name out loud. Um, so oh. you'll notice in this he says Fire Spray Gunship. It is a fire spray gunship, and it maybe would have been weird if he said the ship's name to Fennec, um, but that's something to just keep an eye on, I, I think. I I wondered about that because I never heard that term used, and, you know, in all of my, like, readings and research, it's always been called the Slave One or whatever, so yeah, that's uh-huh. interesting. Now I – okay, that's that makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, it's, I'm kind of surprised that the ship is just there, though. Like, what? I mean, in the can you do you? He gets he goes in the Sarlacc, and there goes his ship. And how long was he in the Sarlacc? He parked his ship at Jabba's palace. They um, they went on the yachts around the Sarlacc. Um, he fell right. in the Sarlacc. This is, I don't know how many years later, like nine years later or something like that. Maybe less, five. I'm not sure what the what the um, a, um, ABY is on that one, the after the Battle of Yavin. Um, however, what's interesting about all of that is that, I don't know, maybe maybe the ship was only coded to him and his father. I, I, don't, I don't know what the situation is there. But uh, yeah, the ship was still there. Maybe they were using it and that was their ship that they were using um in the interim i don't know but yeah because the fact that it's still there i mean it's at least six years later it's crazy that it's just in the main like dock bay just sitting there yeah i don't know so then they get the ship in a very fun action sequence and then they kind of like go on a rampage where they uh murder all of the riders and they go to the sarlacc pit and they try and find his armor and they release a seismic charge uh, a sonic charge um uh the same ones that jango fett laid out for obi-wan kenobi and attack of the clones in the asteroid field which was super cool or at least a, a version of it um that was super cool that was cool it was not as exciting the sarlacc to me i w- it was suspenseful but it was also like we know everything is going to be fine because he's we know he's out I mean, we know he's he's going to get the armor eventually. He yeah. obviously finds, you know, he does he hear? Does it, does, I don't remember in Mando. Do they talk about does he get does he catch wind of Mando getting it from Cobb Vance? So at the end of the episode, the Marshal, the first episode of season two, at the end of the episode, after they defeat the crate dragon, he gives him a Cobb Vance gives um, the Mandalorian his armor. Uh, the the Boba Fett armor, and then we pull away, and then we see um, we see Boba Fett there. The next time we see Boba Fett is in uh, oh, and then he follows he follows Mandalorian to Tython, which is where he helps to fight the stormtrooper, uh, the you know the Empire, um, the First Order, whoever it is. Of course, yeah, yeah. I forgot that that he is seen overlooking the Cobb Vanth like trade. Yeah. Um, because I remember he he stick he pops up here and there, just silhouetted and and from a distance. So I I did forget that moment. Okay, great. All right. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Well, I think something huge to take away from this is though that that Fennec is her loyalties now seem to be. I mean, it wasn't as I didn't get as much motivation for her to be loyal to him as I wanted. But I I mean, I guess we're to believe that now they're thick as thieves and he's she's going to you know, they can trust each other and she's going to stay by his side mm-hmm. forever from here. Also, something that I was very confused by in this first part was Boba Fett mentions uh, the fact that like he's gonna kill that bloated pig that double crossed him. 
Who is he referring to? Is he referring to Bib Fortuna or is he referring to the Pikes? Because he just killed the Riders. If he believes that the Pikes were behind all of this and killing the Tuscan Raiders, why would he go and kill the Riders? Would he just to eliminate his competition anyway? Like, I'm not really sure. I'd maybe talk about Bib Fortuna, but how did Bib, maybe I'm not just not remembering Return of the Jedi, but how did Bib Fortuna like double cross him? Uh, by just having his ship for that long, for not going to save him. I, I was confused there what the rat was referencing to because I, I what I'm confused about is like, does Boba Fett believe that the Pikes are behind the killings because Fennec Shand mentioned it? Or did he kill the riders? He was like, this, I'm over this. This is it. I, I'm just confused who that's in reference to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, could, I assumed it was Bib Fortuna. I mean, it can't be Jabba. Yeah, it's not um, Jabba. Maybe it was Bib Fortuna. I don't know. Anyway. And nobody else looks like a pig. I mean, it, the mayor doesn't look like a pig. So I, it's got to be it's got to be Bib. But the the only other person that I think he has, you know, some some side eye for would be the mayor. But the mayor, he's not and he's not involved with the mayor in the flashbacks at all. Because the flashbacks end, he's still on yeah. Tatooine. Then they flash forward, like they go through like the end of the book of Boba Fett. So you do assume that all the Mandalorian stuff happened in between then. And then then he gets out of the back to attack, he's healed. So I think we're done with flashbacks, thank God. We're done with the flashbacks. So now we can focus on all the other stuff. <laughs> where he goes into most um he goes into most Espa. And he, you know, sees Black Chrysanthemum fighting the Trandoshans. Um, and then he offers him a job. He brings all of the heads of the family that Bid Fortuna kind of created. Uh, he has a call with his, 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 he has a conference call with them in person uh, with the Rancor underneath. And yeah, then, dinner party. And then they basically say that he's going to go to war with the Pikes. And obviously he has, I, I don't know how that Pike situation ended up. Is there still like lingering stuff there? I don't know. Um, and then so essentially you have the Pikes coming to the planet. He's going to fight them. Everyone else is just going to stay neutral. We'll see if they do. Um, and then Fennec's like, we got to hire some people. And then we hear the Mandalorian theme. And I'm assuming next week is going to be like, let's get the band back together. How much treasure do we have in reserve? I have plenty of credits. What I'm short on is muscle. Credits can buy muscle, if you know where to look. Maybe next week are like all the bounty hunters we know and love getting together. So you get like, you get, um, man, you get Mandalorian, you get Cad Bane, you get Dengar, you get Bosk, you get all the, the cool ones we know from like Clone Wars, we get all the ones we know from all of the Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi stuff, and like who knows? Who knows this? I, that last sound cue got me so excited. I know. You guys at home can't see this, but Brian is like actually dancing off his seat. His eyebrows are in his hairline. He's so excited by the <laughs> idea of Cad Bane and more bounty hunters on screen. Um, I am too. Okay, so here's my thinking. One, obviously, the first thought I have, my kinesthetic response when I heard the Mandalorian music was that this coming week is going to be, whether or not it's Din Djarin, it could just be Mandalorian help or other Beskar-clad bounty hunters types. No, it's going to be him 100%. Okay, great. 
My second thought is Filoni is directing or writing, maybe writing and directing, the sixth episode. Mm. And for some reason, I foresee a Cad Bane in the episode that he does because he has taken a lot of ownership over Cad Bane and Ahsoka. And I feel like he that would be an episode that I could see him being behind. Sure. Maybe we get a reveal at the end. Of next episode, we get a reveal. Yeah, or maybe he comes in because he's kind of a foe. Yeah, and he also, like, he, I mean, I could see him having a lot of respect for Fennec because she washed him in the bed batch, but like, I don't know why. I couldn't see Cad Bane, like, getting involved in this when there's nothing in it for him, really. Um, money. So I'm I'm curious if he would be there to help. He I, that's why I think he might come later. Maybe money. They do. He, they did say they have a lot of money. Um, but I think that's what we're at least Mandalorian. That's what we are to, to assume. I think that it's weird. The dinner party was weird. The dinner okay. party was weird when why? he was like, "Uh, guys, please help me, um, with the pikes and and that would be really great." And they're like, "No," and he's like. Okay, fine. I'll do it alone. But just be neutral if they come and talk to you, okay? And they're like, that's agreeable. Yeah, no shit, it's agreeable. That doesn't... What? What is that deal? Why did Boba even ask if he's just going to be like, all right, never mind, I'll do it myself. But sure. we promised to be nice. Sure. So this is the way I see it. Boba Fett, Robert Fettuccini is at this big Italian dinner, is telling everybody that like he has to ask them for help first. And he wants to see where they stand. They don't want to get bloodshed on their people. They don't want their people to die. Um, so they're saying, like, we're not going to fight this. Um, so then Boba's like, fine, I will do all of the work to protect the lands, but you cannot join their side. Um, because the, he's hoping that because they're selfish, they'll see that the pikes are just going to end up taking over the planet um, in general. So I think that he's re- he says that, but I, he's definitely relying on that. But what he's also relying on is the fact that if he has if he defeats the pikes and takes control over the planet he will just he will have control over these families these groups of people um so i think that that's, that's kind true. of that's what he's that's what he's doing he just doesn't want anyone to get in his way he wants to make sure that he knows what some of the playing field is so if they're just going to leave everything be and just let things work out how it is it gives him a leg up because at least he knows that they're not going to turn on him we'll see if they do or not um, but I, I, I thought that scene was fine. I'm excited to get into the mafia war stuff. Like this is what I wanted from this series and I'm finally getting it. Yeah. I don't think we needed, listen, I don't think we needed all of that Tuscan Raider backstory to like care about what's happening now. Um, it didn't make me care anymore. I don't know if it's because it just wasn't like w- tight in terms of storytelling. I don't know if the acting just wasn't good enough from Tamora Morrison. I, I don't know the answer to those things. Um, but, uh, I, I, I'm over that. I agree with you. I more like wish this was the second episode and we had like a super Tuscan extravaganza for the first one because like, like if this is all I I'm okay. I'm a really happy the Bacta is over because now we can just stay in the here and now we're back to, to basics, baby. We're back to the basics. I'm also annoyed because I don't feel like we got enough if, if the Bacta was, if we spent all this time with Bacta up till now, I actually don't think that's enough. I want more about Shand. I want more about how he finds D- D- Din. I want to know a lot of other things. Um, if we're if we were dealing with that, so 
they use the BACTA as a great sort of way to propel us into the past. But now I'm like, was that a waste of time? They could have established that in one super packed episode or two even like this is late in the game yeah i also think that there's just not enough story there that could have easily done that in one episode like you mentioned but also there could be a chance that he gets really injured and has to hop back into the back to and we get like camino stuff um i I don't know um i mean i hope we get to see him riding a rancor that's all i really care about I know. I think we will. Don't worry. He gave. He got rid of his his bantha, so he has to ride something. For um, sure. I'm wonder. What do you think about the whole Garcif whip in the sanctuary with Black Chrysanthemum? Does she? Are we trying? Were they trying to establish that like she's actually really like good at her job? Were they trying to establish that she's trying to fall in line for Boba's new like kind-hearted ruling? And saying, look, Chrysanne, we have to get into that. We have to fall in line. This is a, this is now going to be um, a world of compassion that we live in. So we can't like use these tactics. What did you take from that scene? Was was something? I lo- I'm obsessed with Jennifer Beals, by the way, in this role. Mm-hmm. But what was that scene? I don't know the answer to your question. What I do know is that Trandoshans and Wookies hate each other. Those two species despise each other the trandoshan in the first episode of the book of boba fett actually uh handed him a wookie pellet as his tribute um so they they just those two groups hate each other so i think he was just getting annoyed set him off he was also you know his ego was hurt that he got he just like to prove himself as like a tough guy because he was he was caught by fennec and the mod squad um and all of that so I understand what that side was doing. Also, it was a really fun opportunity to show us how badass he is and how like wild and crazy he is. Um, from the Jennifer Beale side, I'm not totally sure. I think they're also showing like um, maybe how good she is at what she does, like you said, how she has a way with words um, and that type of thing. I'm just not really sure what they're trying to do with her character, if anything, at this point. Um, but uh, yeah. he's still in town. He's still big and bad. He's a big bad Wookiee man, and uh, he was hired back. So we're gonna get like I think we're I think what they're building up to is like this super cool like group of all of our favorite bounty hunters coming to Boba Fett to help him and getting a payday. And like if the last couple of these episodes is watching all these bounty hunters like kick the Pikes butts, and then you know hopefully knock on wood we're not getting too distracted so we can get some Amelia Clark in there um, as Kira. Uh, I would Ugh. very much enjoy all of that. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I, I take as much Chris Anton as I can get. I, I love that character, and he's a badass, and and bring him bring him all all the way everywhere, and that's great. And I think we will see him as your, uh, you're correct, because I think they now have a rapport, him and Boba Fett. Um, I also got really, like, I suddenly really want to see Hondo and Akka in live action after seeing his species like guarding the ship hmm. um i like hondo, really want to see hondo I, it's not going to be in this show but i really that just like got me excited um but i so with the with the way that i could see getting some crimson dawn and amelia clark fitting in is that maybe when they sort of go to war and the pikes they call for reinforcements and she shows up or somebody who's in like the head head position to be like, okay, we have to settle this. Like, 
with words or like, let's go to the, let's go to Mm -hmm. the mattresses together and like settle this. And they call in the big guns. That's what I could see happening. You're saying like, who calls in the big guns, the Pikes or Boba? The the Pikes, because they're like, Mm. okay, so Boba now has this huge team and they're intimidating. So we're kind of evenly matched. And so we need like the heads of state to talk. And maybe that's when we could get some, some sweet, sweet Amelia Clark action. Or Boba cuts a deal with Crimson Dawn to help get Pike off of the uh, uh, the Tatooine. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that that's can true. And they are, but they are on. They are what well, back in the day they were on rocky ground with each other. So yeah. uh, that's true. Um, I have one other theory that mm-hmm. I want to run by you. Yeah. That is sort of irrelevant now, but I was thinking about it since last week. But I can't let go that they keep saying that they keep telling us about how Tatooine used to be a water planet. Now it's desert or it used to have so much water. Um, They've said this multiple times. And I'm wondering if maybe underneath the Tusken garb, they're actually like a fishy species that have learned to survive in the desert. Like they're actually similar they're they're like water planet species. This isn't like this wouldn't change the plot at all. But I wonder if that's kind of because we've never seen underneath like what a Tuscan really looks like. Yeah, so they've, I'm they've just curious shown them, now if that has to do with it. They've shown Tuscan raiders in the comics. What's underneath? Um, apparently, it's also like. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I don't know if it's canon though. That's what I I don't know about. It's a respect thing. They cover their whole bodies like out of some sort of respect for modesty or something. That's what I've seen. There are some theories mm. that it's like multiple races sharing the same culture. I think it's legends. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's canon or not. But I mean, canon could be that. That's I I like that idea. That's a cool idea. I like the idea that the the melons in the desert yeah, too. Like, know. what are those? It's it's a good. It's all good stuff. Okay, I have a question about the melons. This is really a tangent. Okay, so the black melons, they actually sound... I first thought they were water pods. Now we know they're black melons. There's juice in there or something that is now we know not that appealing, but it grows on you. Um, It always makes me... It sounds delicious, and it always makes me think of a drink, and I want to know if you remember this drink. And if you don't, I can give you another one that you probably will remember. Okay. In high school... In your vending machines by the cafeteria, mm-hmm. do you remember Fruit Works? Yes. You do? Yeah. You remember this drink? Yeah, uh-huh. Fruit Works? They had like papaya. Yeah, papaya and melon. You remember this? Because it's not, it doesn't exist anymore, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, I, I know. We had them in the school vending machines. This is exciting. I, I didn't think anyone remembers this. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. I, I remember. No, I'm, I'm like excited. It was very 90s I mentioned this labeling. People don't know. Like neon 90s this, labeling. Yeah. I mean, the drink was also neon. Yeah, this is before Fruitopia, which is yeah. what I was going to say. Oh, sure, sure. As like an example. Yeah, the drink was like definitely. So, yeah, Fruitopia came later and more people know about Fruitopia, but. When I think of the black melon, I'm envisioning the papaya melon drink of Fruit Works that I used mm. to drink all the time at lunch in high school. I am dating myself, but this was in 2000. Anyway, love it. Cool. Uh, so, what would you what would you rank this episode after we've talked about it a little bit? Um, what's your what's your overall thoughts? I'm lowering my rankings of all the previous episodes to five, and I'm going to give this a six. 
Yeah. And I, I hope next week it pops off. Yeah, I'm going to lower mine to a five, and I'm going to give this one a six. Um, this is my favorite one so far. Um, and part of the reason why I'm so excited by this and why it is one of my favorites so far is because of the actual end. And just that Mandalorian music cue about what's to come next week gets me genuinely excited. Um, but I'll, I'll say, you know, I didn't think expect to say it, but I look forward to Peacemaker more than I look forward to Boba Fett during the week. But next week, I'm very much looking forward to Boba Fett. If we're talking about shows that are airing right now that we're covering. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Peacemaker has has a lower bar, and it's really exceeded my expectations. Yeah, that's And it a makes good me point. laugh a lot. This one, there's a lot more baggage that comes with it, and I'm, I, but I've given it a very long leash. And I think at this point, four in, I'm like, guys, what are we doing? Yeah. Let's get to the good stuff, and let's... The, the Mando music got me super pumped. Even the Mando callback in the very beginning yeah, got yeah. me thinking that this is going to somehow sync up. So the fact that they ended the episode there as another reiteration of the Mando theme makes me think it's inevitable next episode we're seeing yeah. some type of Mandalorian team up. This episode also, all the um, ship stuff uh, and uh, all of that was like, I that got me really excited. Just like seeing that 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 ship face down the Sarlacc pit, that just like image, uh, just th- when the ship goes up and down in terms of its hydraulics is super cool. I had that Lego growing up, like I, I'm very fond of that ship. So um, uh, I, that stuff was really cool. I like that the Rancor is starting to listen to him a little bit more and like scared everybody. Uh, that was super cool. Uh, the yeah. black, black chrysanthemum stuff was super cool. There's a, like, like I said at the beginning of this episode, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, but it just feels a little disjointed overall. But at least this one gave us more information and potentially ended the flashbacks. Yes. I almost laughed out loud when the first shot was the back to, I was like, oh, they're not even going to pretend <laughs> yeah, yeah. that there's a little bit of this episode in the current times. They're like, and we're starting the back to, and I was like, well, okay. And then they, then he finishes. And I was like, I all right, also, well, I didn't expect that. But yeah, I, they were like, we're going right to it guys. <laughs> I also laugh all the time when he says, I am Boba Fett. Every time I laugh. Every time I laugh. And then when he tells the little rat catcher, my name is Boba Fett, I'm like, bitch, yeah. he doesn't know you. <laughs> why would yeah, he, why are you telling him your name? That was wild. That was wild. Doesn't make any sense. Well, nerds, what you need to find is a back to tank. Regardless, join us next time as we discuss the next episode of Peacemaker. Make sure to join us in the Nerdverse by following on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. Be sure to blast over and subscribe to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and rate and review us there. As a new universe and a multiverse of other Nerdverses, the reviews are super important for us. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for engaging and participating. We really appreciate it. We really do. We love to hear from you. Tell all of your nerdy friends about us. We, we just, we love all the engagement. And remember, credits can buy muscle if you know where to look. We both at the same time. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> <laughs>